A new Gallup poll shows that American workers are more optimistic about the job market than at any time ever recorded. And yet the New York Times, a former newspaper, says we should, quote, stop giving Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt. That's right. On the Times op-ed page, also known as Knucklehead Row, Knucklehead Michelle Goldberg says everything Trump has done is going wrong. Goldberg quotes a left-wing opinion piece as evidence that wages have not increased since the Trump tax cut, despite the fact that the first three months of this year saw private sector workers receive the biggest wage hikes in 11 years. And with jobs in abundance, there's likely more to come. Goldberg makes fun of the ups and downs of negotiating with a noxious looney tune like Kim Jong-un, despite the fact Trump's already gotten Kim to release three American hostages. Goldberg says, quote, it's one thing to humor our idiot president, but con men should never be given the benefit of the doubt. Thanks very much, Michelle. Here is the president's response. We're going to win so much. We're going to win at every level. We're going to win economically. We're going to win with the economy. We're going to win with military. We're going to win with health care and for our veterans. We're going to win with every single facet. <laughs> My, oh my, what a wonderful day. We're going to win so much, you may even get tired of winning. You'll say, please, please, it's too much winning. We can't take it anymore. I feel pretty, oh so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and gay. We have to keep winning. We have to win more. We're going to win more. Tricker warning. I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is the Andrew Clavin Show. I feel hunky dunky. Life is tickety boo. Birds are winging, also singing. Hunky dunky doo. Ship shaped ipsy topsy. The world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day. Hurrah, hooray. It makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, All right, it's mailbag day tomorrow, so you know what that means. You got to subscribe. It's a lousy 10 bucks a month. Go on the website, dailywire.com, hit the podcast button, hit the Andrew Clavin podcast, hit the mailbag, and then ask me anything you want about religion, politics, your personal life. All answers guaranteed 100% correct and will change your life on occasion for the better. But you got to subscribe. 100 bucks, you get to subscribe for the whole year and get the leftist tears tumbler. Hey, while I'm asking you for something, you know, I'm very bad at asking for things for myself, but, you know, if you like the show, go on YouTube, uh, on iTunes, and give it a good review. Give it uh, five stars. That really helps us out. And uh, while you're at it, if you like my novels or my memoir, you should go on Amazon and give those good reviews, too. There's uh, some people going on and giving them bad reviews because they don't like me politically, so uh, you can uh, override that. I would appreciate it. James O'Keefe of Project Veritas. That guy is out of his mind, the stuff he does and the grief he gets. Why does he get to keep his hair? I mean, if I, you know, I'm much more relaxed than he is. Uncharted Supply Company. You know, I live in an earthquake zone and I'm always thinking to myself, I got to get some emergency supplies and I never do. But now I've got the pack from Uncharted Supply Company. You know, uh, 95% of all survival situations are resolved in 72 hours. That means that under 72 hours, the authorities have got it under control. 
What you do in those first 72 hours can mean the difference between life and death. 72 Survival System from Uncharted Supply Company contains quality tools and instructions you need to survive in a hurricane, earthquake, or any emergency situation. This thing is great. It's got over 35 high-quality tools organized with simple instructions vetted by experts, and you can keep it's in a simple pack that you can carry on your back if you have to. Times are changing, and the 72 is the product every home, office, and car in America should have when an emergency arises. Be part of the solution. Because the more prepared you are, the safer the world is. Right now, my listeners get 50 bucks off at UnchartedSupplyCo.com. When you use my code CLAVEN, K-L-A-V-A-N, as you know, at checkout, that's 50 bucks off your survival system. Use my code CLAVEN at UnchartedSupplyCo.com for $50 off. So the left is doubling down on their opposition to common sense. When you make a mistake, you have two choices. We have talked about this half a dozen times. You have two choices. Either you say, oops, made a mistake, so sorry, now I'm going to change, I was wrong, or you double down on your mistake and you start to rationalize it. Well, I did it because of this and I did it because of that. And that's the way the road to perdition. Devil loves that. The devil loves that. It's the difference between saying, going to God and saying, I sinned, I'm sorry, I'm a dope, let me off the hook. And saying, nah, it was great. It was fine. It was re-. You know, you know what? All of morality can be rewritten so that I, I can feel that I was doing the right thing and I don't have to feel ashamed. This Russian investigation thing. I know, you know, it's so complicated and I don't want to go into it and out of it and all this stuff and the Steele dossier and who is, who is Carter Page? You know, who, who were they talking about? It's so complicated. Let's just boil it down to the most basic thing. Okay. The most basic, just common sense. And if you, unless you have the most extraordinary circumstances imaginable, an administration should not be using the intelligence services to spy on an opposing campaign. I mean, that is basic, right? You know, people, the, the left is saying, oh, well, the Hillary Clinton thing was worse because it was all out in the open. That was a criminal investigation based on evidence of a crime of a crime there was plenty of evidence of a crime and so they started a criminal investigation with the Trump campaign this was a counterintelligence investigation which you're not allowed to talk about by law so it had to be secret by law and all the same they were they were leaking information about it they started the counterintelligence investigation hoping to find criminal activity Totally different thing. You do not do that to an opposing campaign unless you have evidence that they are sneaking around behind the scenes, undercover, you know, going around telling, meeting Russians and trying to arrange to skew the election. Nothing was extraordinary about the Russians, uh, you know, trying to skew the election. They always do it. We do it to them. They're they're tapping into email. They're stealing emails was a reason to start an investigation against the Russians, but not about Trump. So now Donald Trump and justice come together. They come to an agreement that the inspector general is going to look into whether this was a political act, whether the, the Obama administration misbehaved and the left is going nuts. They are doubling down against common sense. I mean, this is basic common sense. This is a constitutional, it's a constitutional crisis. The Justice Department is part of the executive branch. It is answerable to the president. He has every right to make sure that this incredible investigation, which has now gone on for more than a year, a year and a half, without any evidence coming to light, he has every right to ask whether this was, you know, just remember this. I mean, and again, not to get into the deep, the weeds about this, James Comey, uh, uh, James Clapper, the director of national intelligence, said to James Comey of the FBI, go in and tell Donald Trump about this uh, this dossier that says you were with prostitutes in Russia. 
Comey goes in and does that within an hour. And we now know that the FBI knew about this. The FBI was talking to CNN within an hour. CNN is saying, oh, yeah, we're going to do a story about this because now we have a news hook because James Comey took it into the president. So Clapper was the guy. He was the connection. When they asked Clapper if he had ever leaked any information to CNN, this is cut number one. General Clapper, have you ever leaked information, classified or unclassified, to a member of the press? Uh, not wittingly or knowingly, as I said in my statement. Classified or unclassified? Well, uh, unclassified is not is not leaking. <laughs> Uncla- unclassified, I, I, that's that's well, somewhat ha- of a non have, that's have somewhat you, of a non have, have you ever given information to a reporter? that you didn't want to have your name connected with, but you wanted to see it in the paper? Uh, I have not. There's a new, uh, newly declassified House intelligence report says this, quote, Clapper subsequently acknowledged discussing the dossier with CNN journalist Jake Tapper and admitted that he might have spoken with other journalists about the same topic. Clapper's discussion with Tapper took place in early January 2017, around the time intelligence community leaders briefed President Obama and President-elect Trump on the Christopher Steele information. So in other words, it was a setup. It was a setup. This is, you know, again, Common sense. If this guy is lying, and remember, he lied about the NSA as well. He went on and they asked him about uh, the NSA. We even have that cut. Just play the the second cut of him lying in 2013. Cut number eight. So what I wanted to see is if you could give me a yes or no answer to the question, does the NSA collect any type of data at all on millions or hundreds of millions of Americans? No, sir. It does not. Not wittingly. There are cases where they could in- inadvertently, perhaps, uh, collect, but not not wittingly. That was perjury. That was under oath, and he never he ne- you know these guys never pay the price. They never pay the price. People are always asking me, "Is Hillary Clinton going to go to jail?" No, nobody is going to pay the price for this. But we can make them pay the price. We can hold them accountable. This guy lies and lies and lies. So now we know that there was an informant. You know, what do you want to call him? You want to call him a spy or you want to call him an informant? You want to call him a guy who just said, how do you do? And then stole information and gave it back to the intelligence services. Now we know this was in the Trump campaign. Here's James Clapper. All right. He's still on TV, right? Lied in front of Congress. But now he's a commentator on TV. So he was setting up with CNN even before this happens. And he doubles down. Basic common sense, this is a violation of at least our principles, unless it comes out that Donald Trump in a trench coat and a little hat was meeting Boris Badenoff in a dark alley. Common sense tells you this is a violation of our basic principles for free and unfettered elections, right? But James Clapper, this guy who lied to Congress, is now on CNN, and he says, oh, no, spying, that was a good thing. It's a good thing. Let's hear it. Well, I think it's this is a uh, hyperbole. Hyperbole. Uh, they may have had someone uh, uh, who was talking to them uh, in uh, uh, in the campaign, but you know the focus here, and as it was with the intelligence community, is not on the campaign per se, but what the Russians were doing to try to to instantiate themselves in the campaign or to influence or leverage it. So, if there was someone that was observing that sort of thing. Uh, well, that's a good thing uh, because the, the Russians pose a threat to, the, to our, the very basis of our political system. Mm. And I think it's hugely uh, dangerous if someone like that is exposed because uh, the danger to that person 
not to mention the reluctance of others to, serve, to be informants for the FBI. And the FBI gains a lot of valuable information from uh, informants. So to me, this is uh, incredible. Common sense, common sense. Your friend, somebody you think is your friend, lies to you once, lies to you twice, comes on a third time and says, spews garbage. Oh, it's a good thing we're spying on an, uh, the oppositional campaign. It's a good thing. Why is anybody still, why is he even in front of a microphone? Why is he there? I don't get it. I don't get it. It violates common sense, but they double down on it. Stamps.com. You know, sometimes kids, when I, I wrote uh, young adult novels for kids and the kids really like them, and sometimes I get these letters from them and they don't write emails, they just write with a pen. A little difficult, right? Because you don't want to have to run down to the post office and get the stamps and get the envelope and all that. Stamps.com. This is why I use stamps.com. You can get practically everything in your computer. Why not the post office? With stamps.com, you can access all the amazing services of the post office right from your desk. 24-7, whenever it's convenient for you, buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, using your own computer and printer, and the mail carrier picks it up. Clint, click, print, and mail. Right now, use Claven for this special offer. You write me a letter and say, how do you spell Claven? I will write you back, K-L-A-V-A-N, using postage from Stamps.com. This includes up to $55 of free postage, a digital scale, and a four-week trial. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Claven. That's Stamps.com. And enter Claven, and you'll never have to drive down to the post office again doubling down on common sense. So Mike Pompeo comes out and he says, we're going back into negotiations with Iran, right? We've ditched the Iran deal. Now we're going back into negotiations. And what does he want? And he goes before the Heritage Foundation's his first major speech as Secretary of State, and he tells him what we want. Here he is. You know, that list is pretty long. But if you take a look at it, these are 12 very basic requirements. The length of the list is simply a scope of the malign behavior of Iran. We didn't create the list. They did. Uh, from my conversation with European friends, I know that they broadly share these same views of what the Iranian regime must do to gain acceptance in the international community. We acknowledge Iran's right to defend its people, but not its actions, which jeopardize world citizens. Also, in contrast to the previous administration, we want to include Congress as a partner in this process. We want our efforts to have broad support with the American people and endure beyond the Trump administration. A treaty would be our preferred way to go. We understand that our reimposition of sanctions and the coming pressure campaign on the Iranian regime will pose financial and economic difficulties for a number of our friends. Indeed, it imposes economic challenges to America as well. These are markets our businesses would love to sell into as well. And we want to hear their concerns. But you know, we will hold those doing prohibited business in Iran to account. Unlike the previous administration, we are looking for outcomes that benefit the Iranian people, not just the regime. Let me unpack this for a minute. I mean, a lot of the commentators yesterday were out there saying, oh, ask for the moon, why don't you? You know, you want them to give up their nuclear weapons and stop funding terrorists? This is Iran you're talking about. It's a negotiation, right? Of course he asked for the moon. What he said is absolutely right. It's Iran that sets the standards by violating all the norms of civilized behavior. But he's also talking to the Europeans because the Europeans are really ticked off about this. They're really, they feel that Trump is a wild man, that they can't trust him. And he pulled out of, they, they trusted him, uh, Obama when he said, we're opening your markets to Iran again. There's big export markets for them. Uh, and, and all we have to do is sign on to this deal. And they thought this was the deal he was, they were making with America. Again, 
not common sense, right? Not common sense because we have a system for making deals with our country. It's called making a treaty. That's what Pompeo was saying here. We pass a treaty. You're making a deal with Obama. As far as we're concerned, he's just a guy. He's just a guy. He may be the president guy, but he's still just a guy. That's not us, right? This is important. And they're saying, oh, well, Iran will never do this. But Iran is in trouble. There was a really good piece in the Wall Street Journal saying Iran has to get ready for the battle real. <laughs> real is their, uh, their monetary, uh, their coin. This is from Mark Dubowitz and Richard Goldberg of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. Just one quick paragraph. It says, Iran's economy is in crisis. Inflation is skyrocketing. Banks are in turmoil. And Iranians protest daily against the regime's ineptitude, corruption, and foreign adventurism. The currency is collapsing. In 1979, just before the Islamic Revolution, Iran's official exchange rate was 70 real to the dollar. Today's official rate... Uh, rate is 42,000 to one. It's only available to those with regime connections. Most Iranians have to accept less favorable terms on the black mar market. So another, in other words, this is, this is turning up the pressure when the pressure will do something. It will create a problem for Iran. Common sense again. And he says to them, you know, we get it that, that these are markets you want to be in. They're markets we want to be in as well. We want to be in these markets and make money too. But this has to be done. Iran cannot be allowed to dominate the region because we use the region, the Gulf, for shipping and for passage and for defending, uh, you know, our uh, interests. And that Europe depends on us being the big dog and protecting their interests as well. So Europe is not, you know, is, is looking at a short term interest. Trump is right and they're wrong and they just can't stand it because he's not one of them. And because he is this wild man and he talks the way he talks. So they're ready to double down and violate common sense the way they did when they signed this deal in the first place. And the last example I want to give of this, because, you know, there's a horse called Justify that may win the Triple Crown. This is the Triple Crown for the left justifying itself. This is the Triple Crown for the left justifying itself. I've talked, I, I can't get off of this subject of Donald Trump berating uh, MS-13 as a bunch of animals and the the left running to their, uh, to their defense. The, the, the former head of Planned Parenthood is saying, you can't call people animals. They're just clumps of cells. Oh, she didn't say that. But I mean, that's, that I guess was the rest of the sentence, right? You can't call them animals. They're just clumps of cells. We wouldn't kill animals the way we kill babies. Come on. But, you know, this, this quote obviously was just taken out of context by every single member of the media Democrat complex. Every single one of them took it out of context on Twitter and made it sound like he was calling all illegal immigrants animals and he was just referring to MS-13. Okay, made a mistake. What do you do? Sorry, sorry God, sorry people. We did the wrong thing. That's not what we do. We report the news. They're defending, taking it out of context. They're defending, they're defending the bad uh, behavior. This is, it's just common sense. If you're a reporter, report the news. Not on CNN, it's not. Listen to this. John, is it appropriate for a president to ever call anyone an animal, even if they are sadistic gang members? Yeah, I, I think that's something to watch out for. The history of political leaders dehumanizing opponents, even criminals, and using animal metaphors is a dangerous one. That is not something that we should accept from an American president. Yes, comments should be reported in context. But I think Esprit is also saying, what? look at the real stats. Don't just look at the style, look at the substance. Beware of bullies playing the victim card. 
don't fall for that. Hmm. It's our job to impose context, but it's also in the context of his actions and rhetoric around immigrants over time. Right. Max, and, and, last 30 seconds yeah, to I yours. Mean, just keep in mind, this is an old game that the White House plays. Trump says something that's incredibly offensive, and then he, he comes out and says, it's fake news, it was taken out of context, it was just a joke or something. So he gets to slam the news media, as well as getting his offensive comments out there to his base. Don't fall for it. It is And remember, the final point I would make is, whatever the so-called context of his animals remark, what people heard was very different. It's that he is stigmatizing and dehumanizing immigrants. I wonder why people heard that. Oh, yeah, because you misreported it. Common sense. The investigation of Trump bears looking at. This is something that should be only done in the most extraordinary circumstances, and they didn't exist. That bears looking at common sense. Iran needs to be faced down and negotiated with hard in a hard-boiled way. Common sense. And the press should report accurately common sense. The left says no. So speaking of common sense, I just have to deal with uh, this thing, Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson is now under full uh, assault. You all know Jordan Peterson, the uh, Canadian professor who stood up against this demand that he call women men and men women and all this stuff. And uh, he's since become this huge deal. And he's written this book, uh, The Rules for, you know, Rules for Living. What is it? 12 Rules for Life. Yeah, 12 Rules for Life is a huge bestseller. And the left is going insane. The New York Times ran a piece about him where what they did, you know, he, uh, Jordan thinks in Jungian archetypes. So he talks about the meaning, symbols of things. And he talks about how men in a lot of literature represent order and re women represent chaos in, in primitive things. So the New York Times runs a piece and says, in Mr. Peterson's world, order is masculine, chaos is feminine. And if an overdose of femininity is our new poison, Mr. Peterson knows the cure. He's, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just a hit piece. It's a hit piece by taking him out of context and taking him uh, taking it personally. David French has a good piece about this uh, in National Re Review, where French says they're doing this because he's addressing people in the left's terms. He said, you know, French says, if you wanted somebody to tell men to man up and to be responsible and to work hard and focus and, and uh, create order, any religious person, any Christian person will tell you to do that. But he's not speaking in Christian terms. He's speaking in intellectual terms. He has co-opted their language. So I just want you to listen. When you talk about common sense or any kind of sense, any logic, listen to this debate. Jordan Peterson and the actor Stephen Fry, very, very intelligent man, Stephen Fry, uh, debated uh, Michael Dyson. A, he's a uh, Professor GW, I believe, in Washington, uh, and, a and that columnist, Michelle Goldberg, who wrote that hilariously stupid piece in the New York Times today. So they're in Toronto, and they're debating political correctness, and they start accusing Peterson of white privilege. So listen to the way Peterson talks and the fact that uh, Michael Dyson won't let him talk, which is interesting as well, but listen to what he says. He makes a reasoned argument about white privilege. Let's assume for a moment that I've benefited from my white privilege. Okay, so let's assume that. That's, that's fine. That's yeah, well, assumption. that's what you would say. So, um, um, so let's say, mm. here, let's get precise mm. about this, okay? Was that ind very individual of you? <laughs> let's get precise about this, mm -hmm. okay? Let's get precise. To what degree is my present level of attainment or achievement a consequence of my white privilege? And I don't mean sort of. I mean, do you mean 5%? Do you mean 15%? Do you mean 25%? Do you mean 75%? And what do you propose I do about it? How about a tax? 
How about a tax that's like specialized for me so that I can account for my damn privilege you so that I can stop right hearing now. about it? Yeah, so I can stop hearing about it. All right, completely reasoned argument. What do you expect to do about it? If there is white privilege, so what? I mean, you know, my, my grandfather came over here. There was a lot of Christian privilege. Irish came over here. There was a lot of Protestant privilege. So what? You know, what are you going to do about it? Listen to the way Dyson responds to this. First of all, he wouldn't let him talk. He's making those kind of deep growling noises. Of, mm, mm, you know. <laughs> now, here's his, his reasoned response. But that is to be complicit in the very problem itself terminologically. You're beginning at a point that's, that's already uh, productive and controversial. You're saying, how can he get his equality back? Who are you talking about? Jordan Peterson, trending number one on Twitter? Jordan Peterson <laughs> with an international, in an international bestseller? I want him to tweet something out about me in my book. <clears throat> Jordan Peterson, right? This is what I'm saying to you. Why the rage, bruh? You, you, you're doing well, but you're a mean, mad white man. A mean, mad white man. It's kind of using black privilege, right? Because what if Jordan Peterson had said to him, you're a mean, mad black man? He wouldn't have gotten away with it because Dyson has black privilege. All I'm saying there, though, is like, Listen to the way one side is using reason and argument and the other is just slinging insults. I mean, they have, it's not just abandoning common sense. It's abandoning reason altogether. We have got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube, but you don't want to miss James O'Keefe and Project Veritas coming up. Uh, so come on over to thedailywire.com or you can listen on YouTube as well. But if you want to watch the whole show, just subscribe. What does it take? Subscribe. T lousy 10 bucks a month. And you can be in tomorrow's mailbag and ask all your questions, have all your problems solved. I mean, that's for 10 bucks, 10 bucks. Hit the podcast button, hit the Andrew Claven Show podcast, and then hit the mailbag. Ask any question you want. My answers are guaranteed 100% correct for a lot of 10 bucks, 10 bucks, guaranteed correct. And will change your life on occasion for the better. So James O'Keefe, uh, who I, I, I love O'Keefe. O'Keefe is out of his mind. He's, he's just a, he's a, a lunatic. Project Veritas, we're going to play the clips that he had before we go to this interview, because I just want you to see that uh, pro obviously Project Veritas is the thing that goes out and uh, they go out and they do undercover uh, reporting that the left won't do. And the left is most of the media. So that means uh, almost no one will do it. And no one will play it after he does it because they're afraid, as he talks about, they're afraid of getting sued. Now he's going after... Uh, teachers unions, and he caught a bunch of them just saying, oh, yeah, if there's a sexual incident or some kind of violence, we'll cover it up. We will cover it up. Here's just a few clips from that uh, investigation. We're not going to turn around as soon as they leave and call HR and say, hey, Joe Smith was just in here and f***ed up some kid at the school and gave him a bloody nose. No, well, they we don't do that. So in my case, in my, my brother's case, if no one heard it and no one saw it and the kid didn't report it, it should be okay. Think, there's no report. Okay. It's like no, it you know, somebody breaks in your house and, and steals your weed. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. In my eight years in this position, um, I've never had somebody terminated for a situation like you're describing. So this is not new. I mean, I've had teachers, you know, physically in physical altercations with kids, sexual altercations with kids, uh, verbal altercations with kids violating the professional standards rules in other ways that don't involve kids and it's happens i mean mm -hmm. you know that it's it's really rough stuff and one guy has actually re resigned james o'keefe from project veritas will tell you all about it in this interview all right james o'keefe it's good to see you thanks for coming on 
Great to be with you, Andrew. So Project Veritas, you, you're making trouble again, James. I'd leave you alone for 10 minutes and you're always bothering these nice people like the teachers unions. I, before we talk about this, I just want to tell you, because in California now, they are playing these ads that the te- obviously backed by the teachers unions about how evil corporations are trying to char- start charter schools and destroy public educa- <laughs> education, which in California is so bad that it's almost like just sitting still. So you've been exploring some of the teachers unions around the country. Give us an idea what you're finding. Well, Andrew, we first read the story we did in New Jersey. Two presidents were fired, resigned, suspended. David Perry and and Kathleen Valencia in New Jersey were caught on tape uh, saying unbelievably fraudulent things about children. They said that they were turning the child abuse back onto the child, that Perry said he was bending the truth. Valencia said she was protecting, this is the president of the Teachers Union in Jersey, she was protecting a, a teacher who had sex with a teenage girl student, Holy and she was uh, talking about kids are scumbags. Everything, like if, if Andrew Claven had written a caricature of what a union mob boss would look like in New Jersey, this is what these guys were doing on tape. So, they, so they were, when you say they were protecting them, they were like hiding the reports and things? Oh, that what what Perry was meeting with an undercover person who said that he had that the undercover had a friend who had abused a student. And Perry said, well, that's what we do here. I protect the worst (laughs) teachers. Perry says that I protected teachers who shoplifted drug abusing teachers. We turn the abuse back on, reverse it onto the kid is what he said. Wow. And it was so outrageous, Andrew, the the video. And I, I know that we're on this podcast, but I encourage the viewers to watch these tapes if they have not seen them, that the. The the governor of New Jersey, who is a Democrat, a guy named Murphy, no longer Chris Christie, has now defended Project Veritas and called for legislative hearings into the teachers union in New Jersey. We've released four tapes in Michigan showing them saying that mandatory child reporting or uh, mandatory reporting was a choice. We've released uh, two tapes in New Jersey. uh, Sorry, Michigan. The other one in Michigan showed uh, a payoff against someone uh, accused of molesting a child. So we have more tapes coming out. There's more to say, but that's what we have thus far. That this is, it, it really is amazing. I mean, this is, these guys form a substantial portion of the Democrat party and Democrat party support unions in general, teachers unions specifically. And they really have gotten completely out of control. They are not serving the children. Uh, and and I, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear a Democrat is actually standing up to them. And you, do you have the feeling, I mean, you're, you've got three states. Do you have the feeling that this is pretty typical of the rest of the country? Well, if you're a mathematician, just do a basic confidence interval. I mean, if we went to 0.01% of the offices and we've caught in six bad apple isolated incidents, as they like to say, you know, that's their, that's their, but they, fi- they fired the two presidents of the teachers union in New Jersey. These are not low level people. And I would say that, you know, Andrew, that uh, as Lord Acton said, that power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. And when you are considered a good organization that helps people and loves children and you can't question th- these folks and you can't hold them accountable, I don't think they've ever been asked a difficult question in their lives. Mm-hmm. They've never been challenged because they support children. But uh, above the the uh, the head of the president of the New Jersey Teachers Union, a guy named David Perry, was a banner that said, we support the children. And as the banner is next to his head, like in the acorn video, uh, Perry says, we reverse the child abuse back onto the child. So it's become a, it's become so bad that now basic journalism, basic question and answering undercover 
yields the truth, which is that they only care about protecting their members and they'll do anything in, in these situations. So I think that this is a, broad, a systemic problem and it requires releasing tapes little by little like we're doing. And I think it'll yield reform. So how much flack do you get for this? I mean, how, how do, do they just lay down and, and say, OK, you got us? Shockingly, and this is the interesting thing, I, the media, you know, I subscribe to the Andrew Breitbart hypothesis, which is the media is everything. And then the unions know that. So the unions play here is to say, well, O'Keefe's discredited and no one will. But it made the front page of every newspaper in New Jersey. It made the front page of the Star Ledger above the fold. Mm. It didn't make one cable news show. The video is the video is unbelievable. If you watch this tape, you got to watch the tapes in New Jersey. Perry saying we reverse the child abuse back onto the child. We bend the truth is what Perry says. He mm. says, we quote, we bend the truth. So no, if, if there was any justice, Fox would be playing this CNN. We'd be playing this. None of them are going to play it. So the unions uh, play here is to not allow or to not get any of the local media to play the tapes. But there was a, uh, a whistleblower in Delaware yesterday, uh, on Friday, which published an internal memo inside the Delaware Education Association. That's the Delaware Teachers Union. And that internal memo showed that the National Education Association, Andrew, had hired consultants and PR firms to try to limit the damage. And mm. internally, they're very worried about these videos. But they say that we cannot get caught by Project Veritas. We have to try not to get caught. And the whistleblower was saying, this is a teacher in the Delaware Education Association, was saying, why are they so concerned about not getting caught? These people are doing disgusting and unconscionable things. We should reform our behavior. So it really is getting people thinking, Andrew, about the issues inherent in what's going on. So why won't Fox play this stuff? This is good stuff. I mean, this is good material. Why won't the, any of the networks put it on? Uh, I think because of the flack that they will get. Uh, uh, well, that's a very uh, that's a very sophisticated question. But I, I wrote a whole book about it. it's called American. I, yeah, well, well, I'm going to talk to you about that, too. Ad, but yeah, ad nauseum. But the, the 32nd version, the soundbite, I guess, is that undercover journalism is very risky. Andrew, it's it's very tough. Uh, there's liability inherent. Uh, there's uh, the I'm a lightning rod. And when they cover it, they get flack from people for airing the video. In fact, in New Jersey, Fox 5 New York, which did talk about the video, they wouldn't air the video, mm. but they would quote the state Senate president talking about the video. Huh. But they wouldn't actually show the film uh, because we get sued a lot. So the problem with undercover journalism is that it a lot of these networks don't want to actually put the videos on the air, whether it's David Delighton with the Planned Parenthood tapes or me with these new tapes, they don't want to actually get blood on their hands, so to speak, be the proximate cause in a liability lawsuit for having shown the tape. So we have to actually get the people to resign before they can even talk about it, which is what's happened. The, the, the David Perry was fired from the, from the teachers union, and then the governor issued a statement, and then the New Jersey Star-Ledger said, well, credit to Project Veritas. Wow. For Wow. That's so what do they what do they sue you for when you have the tape of a guy saying, oh, yeah, we turned the child abuse back on the child. Well, they haven't sued us yet. In this case, okay. we assume they will, but they could sue you for tortious interference. They could sue you for intentional infliction of emotional distress, uh, breach of fiduciary. <laughs> 
This is all frivolous nonsense. Yeah. Breach of breach of fiduciary duty, trespass, uh, unlawful interception of oral communication. Although New Jersey is a one-party consent state, they can make stuff up. And and but unfortunately, and there's a, there's a lot of reasons for this. We live in a country where there's a lot of lawyers and uh, people are afraid. And we're that's why we're the only people, Andrew, in the United States doing this. There are people that don't go undercover to animal abuses. What it really comes down to in the final analysis is not the litigation or or or, or media you know, bias. It, it really comes down to that we expose the sacred cows, the organizations like the teachers union, which claim to be altruistic. And there are a lot of political ramifications here when you show the heart and soul of this organization. So that's really what it comes down to. You know, the teachers unions have this tremendous advantage that they are staffed with these guys who, as you say, are out of some kind of uh, parody of a gangster movie. But of course, many, many teachers are wonderful and we depend on them and we love them. And Miss Smith, who's teaching your little boy, is a great person. And so they get to hide behind those teachers to do the stuff that they do. They trot them out uh, whenever they want to protect themselves. You, you know, you talk about these guys suing you for this stuff, which does sound incredibly ridiculous, the, the things they're suing you for. Is there a danger of their winning or is it simply the cost of defending yourself that makes it so difficult? Well, I would say it's both. Uh, I don't think they're going to win. Uh, this this one lawsuit with Bob Creamer, who's, if you recall, the incitement of violence at Trump rallies. I mean, we talk about Mueller you know, every day Mueller this, Mueller that, Russian interference. We have on tape, Andrew, on videotape, your audience will remember this, uh, people on hidden cameras saying we take money from Hillary, run it through the DNC into democracy partners, which incites violence at Trump rallies. And there's no investigation. The media doesn't care. They were all fired. And now Bob Creamer is suing me. Yeah. I think it's, I think the problem is that people on the right, Andrew, we've talked about this when I've been on your program, people on the right, are more timid because the left is monolithic in its control of the culture, the media, the academy, and the courts. Therefore, there's a sort of uh, uh, lack of moral courage on the right because there's just so many forces aligned against you in the pop culture that um, there's just a lack of a, a, a willingness to fight and go on offense. It, you're in a sort of defense posture yep, yep. in perpetuity. And, and then you have Project Veritas, which you can't win a war with a shield. You have to win it with a sword. You have to be the tip. You can't. And we're all sort of sitting on our butts going, what is the liberal media going to do to us today? Well, well, Project Veritas is out there like slaying dragons. I mean, catching presidents of the teachers union on tape. Bob Creamer is the best friends with Barack Obama. He's on tape saying it was Hillary's idea to incite the violence. And what do they do? They sue me. Why? Well, it's certainly not because it's justice because they want to, they want to put a gag on me. They want to, they want to go, O'Keefe's getting sued. Therefore, he's not a good source of information. It's all a tactic yeah, in the yeah. Alinsky. And I like Alinsky. I like Alinsky, but it's an Alinsky playbook. So that's what they're doing. And, and you know, it's to a certain extent, it's effective. I, I really do believe that the right, especially our politicians are like abused children. They get hit so often that they're basically going to crouch, looking over their shoulder all the time, afraid to open their mouths. And I think you're right. We are on defense half at more than half the time. So what about on social media? Now, everybody's talking about like Twitter shadow banning people. Uh, Google dropping uh, conservative websites on their search list. Uh, YouTube certainly has given us a lot of trouble, you know, with uh, demonetization and things like that. Do you do you see this at Project Veritas? 
Well, as you recall, the, the story we uncovered in January where they're talking about right. shadow banning users and Abhinav Badrevu was on, he's a former Twitter engineer. He was on tape saying that that's what we do and we've done it in the past. Um, I think it's a problem, but I think, Andrew, uh, content is king. If the story is good enough, I, I again, it's the Andrew Breitbart in me. If the story is good enough, it will find a way to fester out into the hands of the people. I mean, again, this teacher's here, and I know they're on a podcast here. I, I, I encourage you to play the audio or your listeners to watch it. It is unbelievably bad. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen it. I have seen it a couple of them. Yeah. It is, it is, it is, it will, it will shock your conscience. And, and so, you know, and, 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 yeah, you're right. You know, your, your video about Twitter shadow banning, it's not that you got a lot of credit for it, but that became a meme of something that people talked about right. after your video came out. So the content, even though you don't get praise all the time, which you deserve, that at the same, well, time, the same time, the word does get out. I'm not the mission here. I mean, there's a, there's, there's dozens of people with Project Veritas. There is a, there is a product that it's the journalism, it's the investigative journalism. And yes, people became more aware of shadow banning, but to your greater underlying question is how do you get the message out in a world that tries to shut it down and media won't play the media won't play the videos. Um, I keep CNN in my office. People say, why do you have CNN? Because that's the heart and pulse of pop culture. That's, that's what's in airports. That's what, you know, only 600,000 people watch CNN, but <laughs> the 600,000 people who do are the sort of, uh, it's the assignment desk for other news agencies and people in airports. But no, the, the, I think if the story is good enough, it'll force people to pay attention. And, and the videos in New Jersey are, even though they're not being played on and uh, trending on Twitter, legislators, in these in these dem democratic state legislators to say this is not good. Yeah, this is really. And why are they saying this is not good, Andrew? Because parents are putting pressure on their local representatives. So what you're actually seeing is at Project Veritas, at least, is us bypassing the media and bypassing the culture. And you're actually having parents in states yelling at their <laughs> yelling at their democratic congressmen and state senators saying, you better fix this problem because this looks bad. Yeah, yeah. And I think what we need to do is just keep doing that. And, and until, and, and again, this is a, a true fact that the star ledger, which is the eighth largest newspaper in the United States puts this story above the fold and says two presidents fired governor investigating. Well, Hey, I guess we need to just do more of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm out of time. I, I wish we could talk more about your book, American Pravda, which I really enjoyed. And I, w I will bring you back to talk about it again. You're doing great work, James. I really uh, always love talking to you. I hope you come back. Yeah, and one action item, everyone share those teachers union videos. Just share them on social media if you can. Good point, good point. Thanks a lot, James. Thank you. I love this guy. He's like, he just does nothing but get sued and attacked and he still has his hair. It's just not fair. It's not right. All right. Sexual follies. So over at PJ Media, where I also write, my colleague Tyler O'Neill has a wonderful story. It is a story that will make your day. Okay. It's the headline is transgender files $50,000 complaint after Muslim woman refuses to wax his genitals. 
So earlier this month, this is Tyler O'Neill at BJ Media. Earlier this month, a male to female transgender filed a $50,000 human rights complaint after a Muslim woman refused to perform a Brazilian wax on his genitals. The unnamed transgender person has repeatedly claimed that he called inquiring about a leg wax, but the owner of Mad Max, the waxing studio based in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, insisted the request clearly indicated his interest in a genital wax. So essentially, a transgender, a guy who believes himself to be female, is going to a head-covered Muslim woman who's religion tells her that she must not touch a male, right, who is, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know, this is the world that they've created for themselves. He's going to this, this uh, you know, head covered, uh, you know, Muslim woman who cannot by her religious convictions touch a man and he's suing for 50 grand. He's demanding 50 grand because she won't do it. Right. So now this crazy politically correct Canada where they want to make it a law that you can't say her if the guy says he's a girl and they can't, you know, you can't say him or whatever, whatever it is, because it's so confusing. Who knows what it is? But also that has gone out of its way to protect the rights of Muslims and they put people on trial for offending Muslims. Now they've got the transgender guy saying that the Muslim girl won't wax him so he gets $50,000. I think it, he should go for a million bucks. I think it should be a million dollars for that. <laughs> I think everybody, what they should do is just put them all in a big mosh pit and they should rip each other's shreds. All right, tomorrow is the mailbag. Get your questions in. You got to subscribe, but get your questions in. I will answer them all and all your problems will be solved. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. The Andrew Claven Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Emily Jai. Audio is mixed by Mike Cormina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Alvera. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire Forward Publishing production. Copyright Forward Publishing 2018.